Hello, and welcome to Talky Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with David. Hello. TJ. Yo. Chris. Hello. We're going to be talking about last week's homework today. Uh, Courtesy of Chris, we watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes. You're Chris. Yes, you're David. (laughs) Uh, TJ's got the hang of it. (laughs) Just took 119 times. We, uh, yeah, we're going to be also following that up with uh, some chit-chat about Robert Redford's career, which is uh, apparently coming to an end by Robert Redford's own decision. Good. Yeah. It's not, he's... One of the better ways to do one of these things, other than... <laughs> Just John- wait until they die. Jonathan Demi style. Yeah. Chris, do you want to talk about Butch Cassidy, since you assigned it? Sure. It's a pretty simple movie. Mm-hmm. It is about... Uh, Butch Cassidy's Hole in the Wall Gang with mm-hmm. uh, Butch Cassidy and the titular Sundance Kid um, going for um, just train heist after train heist. They, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they pull a couple jobs uh, against this one bank and the, uh, as far as I can tell, the unnamed Pinkertons um, kind of posse up and come after them and actually give them Pursuit in a way that they've never had before. They're called like a super posse. Yeah. A bunch of like all-star posse men yeah. <laughs> just went together. I think it's E.H. Harriman's Union yeah. Pacific. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the toughest lawman, John the Fours, who we never really see. We just see his white hat from the distance, his straw hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord Baltimore, the expert tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, Unimportant to know their names because they're like never on screen, except seeing like dust being kicked up in the distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, they pursue them for a while. Uh, Butch and Sundance give them a uh, give them the slip, but still decide that they're being pursued. So they take um, uh, Ella. Her name's Ella, Etta. right? Etta. They, they they take Etta, who is Sundance's uh, love interest, and maybe also Butch's <laughs> love interest, and they uh, retreat south to. Bolivia, and uh, it is there they plan their a bank heist in Bolivia, and eventually end up getting gunned down by the Bolivian military and police force. The end. The end. Allegedly, yeah, this well, was a lot simpler than Mulholland Drive. Yeah, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we started. This is so simple, and I like it. Uh, real quick, before we delve into anything. Uh, the character of the Force. Do you think that the mall rats, mall cop LaForce, who wears a little white, uh, oh, 100%. Hat, oh, definitely based, based yeah. on this. Yeah, nice. I never, never knew that before. There's a lot about this movie I didn't know. Like, and in, in it's, it's what it's lent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what did everybody? What did everybody think of the movie? Hey, wait first. Anybody's first watch? Mine. Um, this was... I think I'd seen it before, but I really only remembered the, the like iconic uh, AFI film roll moments. It's my first credit-to-credit watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it once before, but not paying that much attention last time. It doesn't... It's weird. It's a great movie, I'll say, first off. But it's a movie that doesn't deserve your like undivided attention, necessarily. It doesn't need it. I won't say deserve makes it sound worse. But doesn't really earn it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, 
you touch on something really interesting there. It's kind of more than some of its parts than a lot of movies. Right. Individual parts aren't phenomenal or anything, but it's just like, it's one of those movies that's kind of a good hang, and it's got a great atmosphere to it, but there's nothing that much that's spellbounding about it, you know? No, I think it's it's slightly above average in most of its respects. I think the screenplay is phenomenal, which I knew going in. It was mm-hmm. like seen as one of the top ten screenplays of all time. And uh, cinematography was great. Real pretty, especially mm-hmm. once they get to Bolivia. That kind of carried the movie there for me was the the scenes, and how they were shot in the lenses. Um, but holy shit, the dynamic between Robert Redford and Paul Newman is just like godly. Yeah, they're 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 electric when they are both on screen, especially because most of what they're doing is the same thing they were doing the scene before and the scene before and the scene before and the scene before. Is they're just like running away from the lawmen mm-hmm. and at every stop, just like being. I don't, like, just so, so charming. Yeah. It's just, weird to figure out how this movie works, because I don't think either character really has much of an arc, either. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the same, they got the same dynamic the entire way through. Maybe at the very end, uh, you know, Butch kind of admits that, you know, he's out of, out of moves. But up until then, it's, they're kind of playing the same thing, but it's a great, I don't know, great progression. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Brett? Uh, I like the movie. It's a, it's a good movie. I think it's a, it's a more iconic movie for me than it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a, like, I think David's description of a good hang is a good description for this movie. Uh, it's a fun movie to watch. Um, that, yeah, I think it, it's really helped by the charisma of its two stars, mm-hmm. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. But I don't know, maybe it's because the movie was built up so much for me over the years of, uh, of always, like it appeared in the AFI's top 100 movies of all time and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it didn't hit that level for me, but but I still enjoyed it. It was a good movie. There's also, it's like the, the Citizen Kane argument I always have. It's hard for us to, like, uh, in our modern context, Butch Cassidy seems to be really influential, especially striking a tone and kind of creating a, you know, buddy character genre. I don't remember too many before it, but I'm not a film historian or anything. But maybe at the time, like the screenplay and everything and the dynamic was so lauded because it was a big uh, um, influential departure from the uh, you know traditional Western tropes or traditional action tropes. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's it happens to be a Western in its setting, but it doesn't really feel like a Western at, at any all. point. It's much more. It's like a western, but it's pretty like a freewheeling kind of beatnik vibe to it. Yeah, with the with western clothes on. It's an oddball movie in tone. Well, I had a. Oh yeah, tonally it is bizarre at times. Um, but I had a theory on why it might be better than I initially thought, which is kind of going off what David was saying about the character arc and how there isn't really one for these two characters. <laughs> but I think. The screenplay is so good, and the the written dialogue is so good. Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, in that first scene, you get you know exactly what you're getting with Sundance and Butch Cassidy five minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. It's a great opening scene for those two characters. I, I love that. That scene is so fucking it, good. Yeah, it matches like any Tarantino thing. Yeah, I think Tarantino has cribbed from this movie. It reminded me of the first scene of The Godfather, honestly, mm. a little bit. That just that like that. Got a steady cam on. I, mean, I think Godfather's got a little, a very slow zoom, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, Sundance is badass, and you like know that instantly. Yeah, and Butch Cassidy's the like, hey, like I know all the right things to say and right moves. Yeah, he's the huckster. Yeah, 
And you just, you get that five minutes into the movie, and they, they pretty much stay that way the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, like, maybe the, the script is just that much better than, you know, if that was the goal, they fucking nailed it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd agree. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What did you think of the music in this movie? I'm gonna. I thought it was intentionally comedic, and I appreciated it. <laughs> okay. Anachronistic at times, and I, you know, I think I think it was it was it was whimsical, and this is like a this I think essentially like a buddy comedy, and yes, you know, you think it's meant to be ironic. I don't know if ironic's the word I would choose, but definitely kind of see what you're saying and, and pairing it with what Chris. So I was watching it with uh, Cassandra, who's kind of the, I guess, one of our resident like costume experts who we go to if we have questions about that. And she was, as soon as you were introduced to Etta, mm-hmm. um, she's like, they did not do enough to make her not look like 60s like flower child. You know what I mean? Like her hair doesn't look anything like it would, and around the turn of the century, and all this stuff. And I was like, as she was saying that, as they play raindrops for the first time, and I was like, ah, they probably did that shit on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. the continuum of the old west, and uh, you know, you can see a pretty easy parallel of the the big arc of the story is they're kind of like men out of time. You know, it's starting to pass them by. Steam engines are coming along like lawmen are getting hip to their ways. They're no longer cutting edge. Maybe in the same way that, like, uh, you know, the 60s coming to an end is like a end of a generation kind of thing. Right. I mean, he takes the bicycle and he, like, throws it down the road and says, like, yeah. to hell with the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get... Yeah. Uh, they... And they never have... You know, they have no... They have no problems before then. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally are sitting on a balcony getting drunk watching the, like, Marshall try to... For a posse to chase them, yeah. they're watching from twenty feet away, laughing. Mm-hmm. So it makes the. Did do y'all think that that's LaForce in Bolivia when we see his hat from behind? Do we think do y'all think there's any doubt that that might not be him? I think it's not. I think it's because definitely I think that's more interesting. Them just being scared shitless finally of somebody yeah. actually being able to be on their tail. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know LaForce and the the, the the Pinkertons are. You know, dead or driven out of the country are the same thing, right? I, I don't, I don't see why they would pursue them to Bolivia, right? But it's, it's, it's an interesting little bit of turn there in the movie where they're that they use that to go straight or to try to go straight, mm-hmm. and then I guess ironically they end up guarding money from being stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're trying to reason with the. <laughs> robbers was hilarious though tell them it's not ours it's just our job <laughs> it's like you blew up a guy on a train like an hour ago <laughs> and they're also like it's not ours and I'm like see it's ours because <laughs> <laughs> they have it yeah I think there may be a, a fun uh, another little parallel going on here maybe I'm just reading too deep but the uh, the super posse is kind of like the uh, the riders on the storm. They're like the, the horsemen of death coming for these guys. And I think you can see Bolivia as their purgatory until at the very end where they're finally judged. Is there anything to that or am I just fucking around? <laughs> I mean, possibly. <laughs> I think, I don't know if this movie did that on purpose, but I think this movie followed some kind of general storylines mm-hmm. that are probably based off of that story. Yeah. 
that story's pretty old. If you break any story <laughs> down, out. there's yeah. some primal archetypes at work. Are you saying that the Force is the pale rider because he has the uh, the white hat? Sure. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> did you what, did you guys have any uh, like it's 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 a charisma tour de force from Butch and uh, Butch and Sundance? But did you have any minor characters you guys really liked? I really liked. Uh, I guess she's not minor, but I liked Edda's character because uh, I actually thought the best moments that they had on screen were uh, their interactions with her. I'll I'll sew your socks. I'll stitch you up, but I won't do one thing. I won't watch you die. Yeah, yeah. Was really that was good. good. Really yeah. good. It's a great scene Riding. for her. Mm-hmm. I like news. News was great <laughs> when he's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, whose gang is this? News. Read him. Read him. The, read him a clipping. He starts reading. He's like, all right, that's enough. Butch, Butch Cassidy and. The, Hole in the wall gang. He's like, but I need to get to the best part. Yeah. <laughs> read, love love reading my name in the paper. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the, uh, <laughs> I guess this was a thing back in the day, the guy protecting the rail car Woodcock? cargo. God, God he's yeah. so good. He's, he's so loyal. And then when they come upon him again. <laughs> I love how excited Butch is. <laughs> Woodcock! <laughs> Butch? <laughs> Yeah. You know, if, if anyone were to steal this, if, if this were my money, I would want you to be the one to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just don't know, every time I think of a good supporting character or like a good scene, one of them, I was like, oh, they were really good, but it was really just like Paul Newman yeah, or yeah. Robert Redford in that scene making them great. Yeah, that's true. It's like the guys, I was rooting for you the whole time, Butch. Yeah. <laughs> that. Well, that helped me in my time of need. <laughs> The knife fight, I laughed pretty damn hard at the Yeah, fight. that was really funny. Rules in a knife fight? Somebody say go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> yeah, Robert Redford. So quick. I will say this, too. I watched this. I've seen this thing a few times. It was one of my dad's favorite movies. Mm. Love this thing. It's great. But, damn, man, like 1969, Robert Redford is a good-looking man. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, man, I feel like this was poorly casted for a Wild West outlaw. <laughs> Yeah. The guy's got the best teeth I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, think, I think that's also part of it. Like Paul Newman is not trying any kind of accent. He is Paul Newman. Yeah. Robert Redford is just like Robert Redford. Yep. Like there's there's nothing that is trying to make this a western at all except their names and that they're like robbing trains. Their dialogue together is just so good. Yeah. It's just you you can just keep pulling up things, but I like early on when they're looking over at the marshal. Where Sundance, it's mostly, you know, Butch Cassidy's the loquacious type, and he's got all the, you know, the little quippy things to say. But I like when he's like, I gotta, gotta go find myself a woman. Should take a few days. All she needs to be is pretty and smart and loyal, sense of humor. <laughs> and he keeps trail- he's like trailing off. He lists like 27 traits. And then you realize he's going to Edda. Yeah. Which, in the most uncomfortable scene in the movie, yeah. the the... Is this going to be a rape scene? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just keep thinking back to moments like that, like when they're staring down the force in his group, and uh, they're trying to figure out who it is, and Sundance is laying down in the dirt. He's like, you remember that time when you mean Etta vacation in Colorado? And he's like, well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think of the? Uh, I think the the biggest iconic scene from the movie is probably the waterfall jump. Yeah. What'd you guys think about it? It's neat. Yeah. Did uh, I know Redford does a lot of his own stunts. Did he do that one? Did he win it? 
I think he did. There's a thing on the IMDb trivia where he wanted to do all of his own stunts, and Paul Newman didn't. And he eventually like, bitched out Redford. It's like, I need to have an alive co-star at the end of this thing. Yeah, I know Redford, uh, was his thing? Was like he would pay the stunt people. Mm. Like, he didn't want to take jobs. Mm-hmm. So he would just do the stunts and pay them for their time. But... Yeah, they're kind of like two generations. Like, uh, Paul Newman's like the iconic Hollywood guy. He's in, like, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof and started in the 50s. And Redford is kind of part of the new wave where he didn't want to rehearse or anything. But he only did it because he respected Newman that much that he would do rehearsals. He wanted to come to it, like, fresh, kind of. More of, like, the method style that was in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, a similar question to one David asked am I overthinking this or was this dialogue that was meant to be like part of their character and their their thematic arc but uh, when he's shooting when they're trying to get the jobs for the payroll guards and he says I'm better when I move is that I kind of with the LaForce being fake LaForce in Bolivia I kind of thought that was another part of it too they just like being on like being on the run. On the, yeah. Because it really doesn't make sense to be, I'm better when I'm shooting a gun. Shot a gun. Right. It is hard when you're still. <laughs> Did y'all think the screenplay was as good as it? Is it I'm writing that, right? I didn't make that up. It is Seeing definitely like a, a yeah, touch yeah. heralded screen, uh, screenplay. Yeah. Uh, it didn't, It uh, again, I thought it was good. It didn't stand out to me in that way. I wasn't blown away by it, but I thought the, the banter between the two Right, probably because you know I think David may be right that it's it's maybe the first sort of buddy comedy where they bicker a lot and yeah, um, it is sort of a template for Lethal Weapon and other buddy action movies that would yeah. come twenty years later. I yeah, mean, the the bullshitter and the guy who is tired of his bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like every buddy cop comedy for 40 years. And I flipped through uh, the screenplay, and it's almost all written. I mean, there's nothing there that's them. Yep. I think the most impressive thing is probably the thing that never stands up, up to us with screenplays is there's not a lot that happens here, but the movie is very has a great momentum to it. Yeah. Like, the witty dialogue is, is obviously, you know, it's classic. But also the fact that you're just, you keep caring, even though they're just like... We're going to do some bank robberies then when we go to Bolivia, and that's where the movie ends. That's essentially the entire movie, but you're still with it is kind of a credit to that screenplay. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Would you uh, give it a letterbox? I have it. I would probably... I don't know. I would probably be below what the average is, but uh, like three and a half, four range for me. I think I'm probably a solid four and a half. I'd probably go four. Yeah, four, four and a half. I really liked. Uh, uh, I thought that the the Bolivia, the the stuff in Bolivia started to drag a little bit. Um, Picks up at the end for me a little bit. But yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they start actually like planning and doing like the translations, and then like you know going through the bank heist in Bolivia, that that feels like the first hour of the movie that I just watched again. Right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's that's kind of yeah. It loses me a little bit towards the middle or a little past the middle of the movie. Yeah, I hate to uh, make theoretical excuses for the movie, but I wonder if some of that is on purpose because they're like stuck in Bolivia and they got to find their footing again. If why, if like the Maybe. dragging is more like 
you know, the movie's stuck. And it comes unstuck when they, uh, you know, learn Spanish and kind of figure out a plan to go forward. I don't care whose choice it was. Yeah, right, even if it was on fair. purpose, it's still... Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, I would actually say that it probably was on purpose because I like to give filmmakers more credit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did really like the end, and I actually thought the banter was sort of best at the end. For it was me. really good. When You call that covering? You yeah. call that running? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're in the... They're, they're like already shot and laying on the floor and they're just like bitching at each other. And it I don't want to get all the way to Australia and realize it sucks. <laughs> yeah. The, the part where I actually laughed where he's like, uh, you know, I didn't have, I got one more plan. It's like, I don't want to hear another plan from you, Butch. <laughs> he's like, well, I, I know you secretly want to hear it, so here it is. <laughs> like, yeah, there's that moment of silence and he just goes, Australia. <laughs> I, I knew you really wanted to know. A small party you wanted to actually know. <laughs> and then Sundays wasn't doesn't want to hear it. And then finally he says they speak English there. He said, "Oh wait, really? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Let's yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, let's go." Did y'all read any about the real Butch Cassidy or Sundays? Because I did a little bit. Not much. I know they did die in Bolivia, so that part's true. Yeah, there was a guy buried in Utah. They thought it was Sundays for ever, and they enough to they went and dug him up. The DNA test is not. He died in Bolivia. <laughs> I read a lot about that for some dumb reason about people who weren't Sundance. <laughs> I know, took me I know a lot about everybody who's not Sundance. Are you Sundance? No, okay. I read a lot about. Continue me. every day rule out people. <laughs> Ayn Rand, but not just, Sundance. Just by asking them though. Hey dog, are you Sundance? Or, all right, I'll speak, dog. Well, any final thoughts about uh, B C A S K? It's one of those movies that I would say I've seen, but I wouldn't like check the box on that, you know, mm-hmm. Buzzfeed list or whatever. So I don't know. I like I like watch movies like that that mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd ever actually sit down and watch without being told to. So thanks. Yeah, it's a fun, weird little watch. Not many movies just exactly like that. Interesting movie, and uh, and I just want to say uh, a a belated happy birthday to Robert Redford as well. Mm-hmm. His birthday was before today, Saturday, <laughs> August eighteenth. Oh, I forgot to get him something. <laughs> this is sort of the movie that. Card. Okay, okay, cool. This is the movie that launched him, right? This is this was his big break. Like, yeah, he was sort of a struggling actor before this movie, yeah. and then. Uh, yeah, he had a couple film up. roles, and he th- this really proved that he was a bankable star. Yeah, I mean, he was winning Oscars what, eleven years later. Mm-hmm. What for a director? A director. Yeah. 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 I mean, he from this movie he set up the, the Sundance Institute. So you know we have Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, to thank for the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, I did not know until last night that was a namesake. Oh. Do you know that either? Yeah. No, no, yes, yes. Oh, okay. You were, saying, because you were surprised I didn't know. Yes. Because, okay. uh, I mean, I knew Robert Redford put the whole thing together. Yeah, okay. That makes sense then. See, like, I knew, I know that, that De Niro is Tribeca because all the commercials about Tribeca have De Niro in them where De Niro's talking about, like, his film festival. I didn't know that. I didn't know De Niro <laughs> did uh, Tribeca. Idiot. <laughs> named after his Everybody character. Everybody knows that. Named yeah, after his character, John Trebekah. John Trebekah. <laughs> I was with Chris. I always assumed there was just like a Sundance ski park somewhere. Yeah. 
near there. But the, think about it. It's not, from, yeah, from, not out of the realm of possibility. From Gov- right. Governor Sundance, the first governor of Provo. <laughs> Provo. It's not where it is? Yeah, but there's a governor there? I don't know. Oh, no, yeah. there's not. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, idiot, there could be. <laughs> I don't know what it was like in the Brigham Young times. Utah was 75 states. <laughs> Every bad got his own state. <laughs> well, if we are looking back at the career of Robert Redford... Let's do that. <laughs> um... What sh- what would be the best way? Do you just want to run through the filmography? Yeah, yeah talk yeah. talk when we hit something. Sure. Um, what we say year. <laughs> Let's go completely random. It'll be easy to follow along. Uh, and as always, we start with 1990. <laughs> we'll follow that up with 1973, <laughs> and then 2000. Y'all know, know the drill. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna start with just his acting career, and then we'll hit directing at the end, if that's all right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, uh, he'd been in a few movies, and just stop me if there's any that you're aware of, or that you've seen, or want to talk about. But before Butch Cassidy, he was in uh, uh, Tall Story, War Hunt, Inside Daisy Clover, which is uh, apparently a predecessor to Inside Lewin Davis. Um, <laughs> situation Hopeless, but not Serious. Character names. Uh, that's a Gottfried Reinhardt film, of course. Um, this Property is Condemned, a Sidney Pollack movie. The Chase... Barefoot in the Park. I've heard of Barefoot in the Park. I've never I seen it. I too, yeah. Um, and then Butch Cassidy in 1969, the same year. Uh, Tell Them Willie Boy is here. Uh, Downhill Racer, which I've heard of. I've never seen yeah. But that's uh, another movie from the same year that, that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. It's got Gene Hackman, and he plays a skier, an Olympic skier, I believe. Yeah, that's another movie that is that was really successful, and he used the funds with that and Butch Cassidy for the Sundance Institute. Uh, 1970, he was in Little Faust and Big Halsey. I guess another try to attempt to have a buddy, buddy film. Well, I was reading somewhere that he was that Redford at some point got concerned that he would be typecast as like the blonde hair, blue eyed, like action star, or, or like heartthrob type. So he he did, took these roles for a while. Hmm. He would also I notice he works with uh, directors over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in 1972, he was in Jeremiah Johnson, which was his second Sidney Pollock movie uh, out of probably a half dozen or so. That's a big one. When The Revenant came out, a bunch of people were like, it's essentially Jeremiah Johnson again. Like, some of the uh, older film critic people. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to go back on it. I think it's, it's one where, like, uh, some people kill his whole family. and he, They presume him dead, and he comes back and takes revenge. I've never seen Jeremiah Johnson, but uh, I think... I think most people probably don't know that movie very well, but they they know an image from it better than they think because there is a a very popular gif of uh, Robert Redford and Jeremiah Johnson looking at a camera and smiling and like nodding yeah. that people think is Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, you've probably seen it at some point or another. Uh, Nineteen seventy two. He was in the Candidate. I've always wanted to see that. Same here. I've never seen. It. <coughs> I mean, it's just got an iconic poster. It's like him against the American flag, and he is like chewing bubble gum, and he blows a bubble. Is that the whole movie? That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting simpler, and these plot synopses are getting better and better. Uh, the Hot Rock. Don't know that one. Nineteen seventy-three. Best Picture winner, The Sting, which uh, 
I'll stop it because that's uh, probably my favorite Robert Redford movie and or performance is The Sting. And it's the only one he's ever nominated for. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Not even President's Man? No. Wow. It's the same director as Butch Cassidy, and I, I, I definitely prefer that movie. I love it's. It's more of the same uh, charismatic dynamic between Paul Newman and mm-hmm. and him, and uh, kind of works really well with the con man aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It kind of it's, it's a better fit almost. Yeah. Yeah, love this thing. It's a. I'd like to revisit it at some point because it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. It's a super easy rewatch too. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. If it seems like it's like too old timey for you, like the they play the entertainer all the time and they're dressed like in old, old clothes, I, I would recommend people give it a shot. Yeah. It's it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same year he did the way we were. This is two big movies for for one year. Another uh, Sydney Pollock movie. Another Sydney Pollock movie. I've seen the way we were. I remember really hating that movie. <laughs> it's got a Streisand, right? Yeah, I think I, I can't remember why. I remember something about the their characterizations just really bothered me. It feels like I mean I haven't seen it, but it felt to me like an continuum of like love story, the way we were of like overly sentimental seventies movies about couples. I forgot one of my favorite jokes from the jerk there. Just... I saw a movie the other day and it reminded me of the way we were. Uh, 1974 he's in The Great Gatsby have you ever seen that adaptation I saw it in English class I was going to say I saw it in high school like four times any good Uh, no no I mean there's yeah I'd probably actually recommend the Baz Luhrmann one yeah and it wasn't that good either I mean I don't know what it is about it I don't think anyone's really nailed that movie before no, and it's surprising that they, uh, because they, you know, you need that, like, super charismatic Jay Gatsby character, and mm-hmm. they fucking casted it with yeah. DiCaprio and Robert Redford. Yeah. I mean, nailed it, but didn't translate. The mm-hmm. rest of the movie just doesn't work as well as that. Yeah. You also need a good, uh, what's his name? Daisy? Oh, sorry, yeah. The, um, the new guy who moves to West Egg. Yeah, uh, Nick. And, and they missed all right. that from both those movies, I feel like. Nick somebody? Nick. Ugh. Horns be in the range. Nick Carraway. Carraway. Yeah, there's just so many good, important characters in that movie that, and they're they're all so important that it can get lost. So no, but I mean, The Great Gatsby was also a huge title. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm sure that movie made some money. Uh, 1975, he did another uh, twofer with uh, his uh, two favorite directors, Sidney Pollack and George Roy Hill. Uh, Three Days of the Condor was the Sidney Pollack movie, which uh, Ashley told me last night. It's one of her favorite Robert Redford movies. Nice. I've uh, I know my mom, my mom and my brother both really really like that movie. I've never seen it, but it's about a CIA agent who like he goes out to lunch and then he comes mm-hmm. back to the office and all his uh, all his uh, coworkers have been killed. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, then he's on the run. So it's a thriller. That's fun. It's a bunch yeah. of movies inspired by distrust in the government at that time, like mm-hmm. Parallax View, also another good one. There's a, a bunch of those that are kind of inspired by Watergate, indirectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the next Robert Redford movie, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same year, the, uh, the Great Waldo Pepper. Um, 
which is a, an aviation movie. Yeah, I've, I've never World War One. Do they about aviation or scarves? Judging <laughs> 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 from the poster. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, nineteen seventy six. He was uh, in All the President's Men, playing Bob Woodward with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. As uh, maybe one of my favorite movies that Robert Redford is in, but. Uh, I don't know if I'd single him out as like the best part of that movie. The, he he's just such a good he's a he's also he's always great in a duo. He's great with Dustin Hoffman as you know Woodward and yeah. Bernstein and that. That's just a great it's a great story based on <laughs> nonfiction. Yeah, I'm sure if you did like a Robert Redford poll, that's another one that would be in the handily in the top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think so far we've we've rounded out Butch. Sting and this, yeah, as his most important movies, at least. Most, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most. I wanted to see Three Days of the Contour, but it's not streaming, or I would have seen it by now. I think I was meaning to. I thought it was. Is it? I think uh, I strike it from the record. Click, click, click. Because I was thinking, oh, actually, and I almost watched it last night, but uh, um, 1977, Bridge Too Far, Richard Attenborough, uh, war film. He was in another Sidney Pollock movie, 1979, The Electric Horseman, which is a, uh, a rodeo movie of some sort, I believe. Yeah. Um, 1980, a movie that David and I both watched in advance of our prison podcast. <laughs> that was when uh, we just talked into a broom pretending we were podcasting when we were in prison. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brubaker. Brubaker. Which was a disappointing movie that had a great premise. Yeah. What was the premise again? Remind us. He's a new prison warden who goes undercover as a prisoner to figure out what's wrong in his prison. And then unfortunately about 17 minutes into the movie makes his his big revelation that he's the warden. I'm the warden, he's out of jail, and now he's just dealing with stuff. And now it's just like a movie. (laughs) It's just like paperwork. (laughs) It was... Because the movie starts, you're like, this is going to be awesome. He's going to be undercover for this, you know, the whole movie. And then it's like, you barely got to know some characters' names. He's just like, by the way, everybody, I'm the warden. <laughs> and... Like Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and so you're sitting there wondering, like, what's the rest of the movie going to be? I really wanted him to be like, all right, I got to go undercover to figure out why prisons are awful. He goes undercover, he's like, figured it out. Prisoners are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bad people around. They do mean prison. stuff to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, everyone get called another guy a jerk? It's that nice. <laughs> Someone gives another person a flat tire walking behind. <laughs> I will not stand for this. I'm Brewmaker. Uh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just disappointing. Pointing a little bit, I, I, right. just, I had higher hopes for it. 1984, he was in The Natural. I think that's another one that would, if you pull enough people, one. that'd probably be in the yeah. top five. Yeah. I'm not a baseball fan, but I really like this movie. What's it about? It's baseball. about a, it's about a guy who's like he never got onto major league teams, but he's like this mythical, like home run hitter of a guy, and finally starts playing professional. Kind yeah, he's not like he's not like it's not like a joke how good he is. He was uh, he was actually supposed to be like the best pitcher before, like mm-hmm. the best amateur pitcher, and this woman shoots him. Oh right, mm-hmm. and I always forget about the <laughs> intro to that movie because it's like Glenn Close, five or six years before the events of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like way before, right? 
Yeah, and uh, so he, and that's when he was like a young, like twenty year old. It was going to be the the biggest pitcher in history, probably. Yeah. And uh, but he just never got a chance to play, and then he mm-hmm. just uh, winds up in his like he's like almost it's like fifteen years later, late thirties, maybe around forty, and he becomes like a great home run hitter. Mm. Um, he's just a natural when it comes to playing baseball. Yeah. This is good. It is. Very little baseball in the baseball movie. It's got the uh, the lollygaggers. In that, in that mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. That's I haven't seen the natural in a long time. Nineteen eighty five. He was in Out of Africa, which uh, another Pollock. Yeah, won some uh, won some Oscars there. I think this might be the fifth. Like if you polled a thousand people, I think I think we're we're getting to the fifth as far as iconic Robert Redford roles. Interesting. We'll see. By that, I mean the clearing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Out of Africa? I, I've meant to, and one time, one day I will, because it's a Best Picture winner. Yeah. It was, it was always a little disappointing. It's the Best Picture winner from the year I was born. And, like, I was just curious about that one day and looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's kind of... It's a movie I'm not better. that excited about. Right, yeah. I think yeah. Chris has, like... What's yours... It's either the Last Emperor, the Last Emperor, yeah, or it's Platoon. No, Platoon's '86. The Last Emperor, and then what's yours? I'm the same as David. Mine's t- Terms of Endearment. I want to say. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hmm. I've seen that one. Because <laughs> Gandhi's '82. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you go by ceremony year, the <laughs> ceremony of the year we were born is Amadeus. Me and TJ. Chris looks happy about this conversation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cut all that out. Um, <laughs> We're out of Africa. I think I'm editing this. I'm not cutting, yeah. cutting shit out of this. 1986, he was in Legal Eagles, which was a like famous bomb at the box office. Hmm. Uh, well, it made $93 million. Oh, really? On a $40 million budget. Oh, well, maybe it was a critical bomb then. Was, I've always <clears throat> heard bad things about... It's the follow-up to Ghostbusters. Legal Eagles. Right right yeah. Uh, 1990... He was in Havana, another Sydney Pollock movie that I know nothing about. Let's see. Never heard of A it. professional gambler decides to visit Cuba on the eve of the revolution. Alright. Uh, 1992, I'm going to have a stop here. Uh, he was in Incident at Oglala. Oh, he's the narrator oh. for that. But uh, no, he was also in uh, Sneakers, which is one of my favorite little, uh, little movies. I love Childhood movies, kind of. Yeah. I watched it uh, this week. Because I knew it was one of your favorites, and was trying to find something that was streaming of Redford's filmography. It's fun. It is a fun yeah. little movie. Great cast. Yeah. Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, River Phoenix, Ben Kingsley, David Strathairn. I was going to say, the Oscar nominee that everybody forgets is an Oscar nominee. Yeah. And nearly everyone on here has been nominated for an Oscar. And um, it's got the guy from, the guy who plays the brother in Phil of Dreams, I want to say, is one of the... Oh, Timothy Busfield. Yes. Mm. Is, One of the uh, FBI agents or whatever, or NSA or whoever he is. Mm-hmm. That's also a 90s tech, techno thriller that where the technology isn't like laughably outdated or, or like horribly wrong. Yeah. Like like so many 90s... I don't mind outdated with technology because, I mean, it's fucking impossible. Right. But, yeah. It's not, it's not like... We laugh- gotta go into the internet. Yeah. <laughs> There was nothing of nothing of that sort. Yeah, um, gotta go into the. 
1993, he was in Indecent Proposal. That was a pretty iconic one at the time. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, it was a cultural touchstone thing. Who's the, I've never uh, seen it though. who's the other lead? Is Woody Harrelson? Woody yeah. Harrelson, yeah, and Demi Moore. So this is really weird. Actually, uh, for some reason, I thought that movie came out in the 80s because I'm pretty sure the Nicolas Cage movie, Honeymoon in Vegas, which has the same plot, I think it came out like 91 or so, mm-hmm. which makes this the dramatic follow-up to a comedy, which is really strange to me. But, um, uh, let's see, he was in La Classe Americaine. Don't know anything Just pause for a second, because I looked it up. <laughs> it's M- Michel Hazanavicius, who did The Artist later on. Uh-huh. It's a exclusively French television film. It consists exclusively of old Warner Brothers films dubbed together with new lines. <laughs> so it, it's got... It's got John Wayne in it, Burt Lancaster, Lana Turner, Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, Orson (laughs) Welles, Henry Fonda, James Stewart, Dean Martin, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, (laughs) Spencer Tracy. It's like, I don't know how this movie even existed. Yeah, and they (laughs) just dubbed new lines for everybody. Yeah, they just stole a movie, pretty much. That's so weird. (laughs) This this probably has the most Academy Award. (laughs) 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 It's insane. Sorry, I just that no, just blew my mind. That is that, that even worthy. Really yeah. yeah. So bad lip sync is the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. Uh, Nineteen ninety six, up close and personal. I saw that. Pretty I, sure I've seen. I this. remember hating that movie. I don't think I hated it. I think he. Uh, I didn't watch it. Sorry, let me be clear. I didn't watch it for this, but I've seen it and remember the general plot. I can't remember if he dies at the end or not. He does. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's blatant tear mongering. Also, uh, I think let's give him something to talk about. Was the like theme song for this movie? <laughs> let's give him something to talk. Oh, I thought that was that, I thought that was his next movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, up close and personal had the had that Celine Dion. Oh, album. that's what it is. Because uh, you were yeah, Although I'm sure there were other songs. Yeah, uh, 1998. He was in the Horse Whisperer. This is this is what I said. People might put in their top five. Because hmm. this is it's close. It's being sure. recognizable. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, young Scarlett Johansson in this. Mm-hmm. Kate Bosworth. Oh, Kate Bosworth. It's just for people who don't like war movies and cowboy movies and espionage. This is the this is the movie they saw Robert Redford in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely close. Anyway, it may have made the most money out of. A lot of these movies. 186 million. Yeah. That was a huge hit. Three years later, he was in a pair of movies. Uh, the last... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's pause for a second. But fuck movies about horses. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> uh, the Last Castle? Yeah. I've never seen it. It's good. Last Castle's really good. Hmm. It's uh, Robert Redford plays a... Like a lieutenant general, I want to say. Yeah, it's like really high it's up. A, it's a... Uh, is, it, is it a lieutenant general? lieutenant general. Eugene... <laughs> It's all. It's a military prison. Yeah, for for, for court martialed. He like refuses to follow an order. Essentially, that he like he makes the right decision morally, mm-hmm. but knows he has to go to jail because he broke military mm-hmm. yeah. code. So he's like a good guy in a prison of some bad guys, some good guys. A lot of them were just like I gambled. Yeah, in Taiwan or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. James Gandolfini's the warden too, which is he's really good villain. At it. He's, yeah, he's a huge fan of Robert uh, Redford's character 
And then he gets offended because Robert Redford like makes fun of him. Having like uh calls him like a like a desk jockey and he, not a real general. He collects like war memorabilia. Yeah. And yeah, Robert Redford does not look fondly upon Robert Redford was like, I've actually been to war. It's like yeah. no soldier would collect something like this and yeah. he gets offended and kinda of takes it out on his idol. Yeah. But there's there's like a really lame thing that I love in this movie where like because they are all prisoners and they all now no longer have military rank, they're not supposed to salute Robert Redford. So instead they do this thing where they just like run their hands through their hair to salute. <laughs> and it's really cheesy. It is cheesy. But Don't worry, Lindo plays a general who like with me in the movie you figure out that Robert Redford does not have to be in the, he is there because of his own decision making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was falling on his sword. Don't worry, Lindo is like, I can get you out of here. He's like, nope, I'm gonna serve my time. Mark Ruffalo though, really early good performance from Mark Ruffalo. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um It's really fun little movie. They essentially stage a the what ninety percent of the movie is them staging like a revolt because Gandolfini is a kind of a violent malicious warden. It's it's got it's it's got for me one of the one of the coolest like not coolest but like a a good like prison prison punishment for Robert Redford. They single him out so he has to take a wall mm, yeah and move it like five feet and then when he's done moving it he has to move it back. Which God, is I remember like, like seeing Robert like you know sixty eight year old Robert Redford or whatever in two thousand one. And, like, him taking his shirt off to move the rocks, I was like, damn! Yeah. <laughs> fucking ripped. <laughs> Same year he was in Spy Game with Brad Pitt, which uh, I, I don't remember it. much about it. I remember seeing it when it came out, and I remember thinking it was good. But it's, that's... I was reading, it's, a, it's apparently a movie that was uh, pretty influential for Brad Pitt's career. Hmm. That Robert Redford, you know, kind of helped move him from the level of star that he was at at the time up. Neat. Nice, I sure. can see that. He yeah. was in a lot of like, I feel like post uh, Legends of the Fall, like romantic heartthrob stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so he needed to. I could see this being the turning point for him in and a way. Directed by Tony Scott. Nice. Um, two thousand four. He was in The Clearing. I saw this movie. It's kind of like a okay movie. Willem Dafoe kidnaps. He's like a disgruntled former employee. Who, I've seen this movie too. Yeah, he kidnaps his old boss, and they negotiate with the FDA. F- FDA. <laughs> we get FBI. Let us eat him. <laughs> <laughs> we will cook him to proper temperature. <laughs> Recalling your cereal. One sixty-five. <clears throat> but it's it's all right. Uh, Two thousand five, an unfinished life. I don't know. Uh, it's got Jennifer Lopez and Morgan Freeman. It's a story of a Wyoming rancher. Guess who plays that role? <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, J Lo. <laughs> but then there's a disabled best friend and neighbor. That is that is Oscar bait role for Morgan Freeman. It is. Yeah, anybody's neighbor. <laughs> uh, 2006. He was the voice of Ike the Horse in Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Seen it. Iconic. <laughs> he uh, 2007. He directed Lions for Lambs, which was a very disappointing movie given its cast. Yeah. Street Crews and Redford. Yeah. Uh, 2012, he uh, directed himself again in The Company You Keep. Along with Shia LaBeouf and Susan Sarandon. I've never heard of that movie. I haven't so, either. Me neither. Julie Christie's and mm-hmm. Sam Elliott. So, so Weather Underground. Hey, reuniting him with Sam Elliott. That's fun. Hmm. <laughs> I like... Sorry, I know I keep jumping ahead. But in the next movie that he is in, in 2013, All is Lost, he plays the character of Our Man. <laughs> I've seen that movie. <laughs> is it good? Yeah. 
I heard good things about it. I just didn't one setting, it. one actor. Yeah, that's why I've never gotten around to press and play. It's not that long either. So it also taps into like one of my fears: the whole being stranded in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, he does a good job. Uh, I think perhaps maybe his most interesting career decision was his 2014 movie Captain America: The Winter Soldier, because it's it's maybe the first movie in a long time where he didn't play Robert Redford. <laughs> I feel like he's also the he is the villain. I mean, he's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's at, he always stayed away from that. You know, his his roles. He's always the hero. He's always the idealistic guy you sympathize with in the movie and while he spends his his role as a villain isn't really revealed until the end of Winter Soldier mm-hmm. it's still a different type of role for him mm-hmm. and I always really liked that it's a, it also helps that it's just a great movie 2015 A Walk in the Woods I really wanted to see this I never got around to it with Nick Nolte and Emma Thompson I just like the Nick Nolte Robert Redford <laughs> cast Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, 2015, he was in Truth. He played Dan Rather. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I never saw it. Didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, I'm sure that movie had some, some Oscar aspirations and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I never really even heard of Truth. Uh, 2016, he was in Pete's Dragon. Yeah, saw Pete's Dragon. Not that great. <laughs> that's, that's disappointing. Uh, 2017, he was in The Discovery, which a few of us have seen. Um, Interesting, at least. Yeah. He's another non-Robert Redford role, though. Kind of the crazed lunatic. I agree. It's, it's a... It, it, he's venturing out a bit in that role. Um, I thought that movie had a very interesting, uh, plot, but didn't really... Didn't really follow through with it. Yeah, more power to him though. At, at that age, just like taking a shot on this interesting director's weird little movie. Yeah, somebody who he had not worked with, and so I agree. That's he's actually gotten he's done that a few times. He in more recent years, he's got a little more varied with his uh, the directors he'll he'll work with. Uh, last year, he was also in a movie called Our Souls at Night, not Our Souls at Night. Uh, <laughs> With uh, Jane Fonda? Yep. Reteaming from Electric Horseman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Barefoot in the Park. Yeah, I'm sure. Forgot about that one. <laughs> Shut up. Forgot it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and then it comes to a close with uh, the 2018 movie, The Old Man and the Gun. I'm excited about this movie. Yeah. Cast is Casey Affleck, Danny Glover, Tika Sunter, Tom Waits. John C. Spacek. John David Washington. Did you say Danny Glover? Yep. Elizabeth Moss. It's a good little... Uh, John David Washington again. Mm-hmm. Fresh off... You can't repeat the names we just said. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a dupe. Yeah, it's about a prison escape from uh, somebody that's Robert Redford's age. <laughs> so, Forrest Tucker. Um, that's the name of his character. Mm-hmm. A real-life person who escaped from prison 18 times successfully and 12 times unsuccessfully, according to himself. <laughs> you don't, the, you you don't, don't call escape. those escapes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just call those, like, repositionings. The funny thing, not to <laughs> spoil anything on the real person, but in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, he's in the Hole in the Wall gang, and Forrest Tucker was apparently in the Over the, the Hill gang. 
over the hill gang. Nice. But we shouldn't ignore him as a director either, and he had just a few of those that, that we haven't mentioned. 1980, his directorial debut was Ordinary People. One best picture. I keep meaning to see this. I've never seen it. It is a, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's a, it is, I would call it a melodrama, but not in a, I don't want that to have a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, 1988, he directed the Milagro Beanfield War, mm. which, uh, it's a comedy drama. I've actually heard some okay things about that movie, hmm. but I've never seen it. 1992 is his, uh, first time working with Brad Pitt because he directed A River Runs Through It. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Uh, probably the best movie ever made about fly fishing, I would say. Sure. On that, on that, you know, it's gonna top the AFI's fly fishing <laughs> greatest movies list. Wait, fuck movies about horses. Nineteen ninety four. I think his best movie as a director is Quiz Show. Quiz Show is really good. I haven't seen Ordinary People, but love love Quiz Show. Quiz Show is great. If you haven't seen Quiz Show, I feel like it's a movie that would be hard to press play on for some people, but it's it's really worth it. It's mm-hmm. really really good. Um, 2000, not one of his best directorial efforts. Uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance. The movie is bad. It's really bad. Um, Problematic and bad. The performances are that. awful, too. 2010, he directed The Conspirator, the story of Mary Surratt. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I've started that and didn't finish it one day. Robert Wright? Robin Wright? Yep. Is it Robert Wright? I yep, so we're still talking time. about Robert Redford. <laughs> Robert, right? Uh, and then <clears throat> Danny Glover is in it. <laughs> 2012, <laughs> 2012 movie, The Company You Keep. Oh, we already mentioned Which is, that. yeah, which is such a forgettable movie and title. That I already <laughs> forgot that we had talked about it. Five minutes later, we have <laughs> forgotten about it. Yep. So, uh, anyway, so what's your, uh, I don't know, what's your... Do you have any takes on Robert Redford's acting career? What about, is he underrated, overrated, or properly rated? To me, he is, uh, he is more of an icon. Like, his, his, his status as a Hollywood symbol Mm -hmm. sort of outweighs his performances for me. Because I've really never, honestly, been that impressed with a singular performance of his. I would say properly rated as a, yeah, as a... Movie maker, I guess you know what I mean. As just a Hollywood worker, mm-hmm. but probably slightly overrated as an actor. I think. I, I think most of that's just because a lot of people just hear Robert Redford, don't know he directed or produced, and go with his acting, which isn't. You know, it's not bad. No, it's just not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I've seen Robert Redford in a movie where he's been bad. I think that that, that he's been good in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, he's professional. Yeah. yeah. But I also feel like he's he typically takes the roles where he's just finding the same sort of note as he has yeah, been able to execute before. Probably a good 20-year uh, stretch there. He probably skated on some charisma. And that part, I guess, is underrated for me as an icon. It's like his charisma is undeniable. And some of these, like, we're considering top five iconic roles. I'd say those are kind of underrated, just seeing that in the movies. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, initially we, we talked about, you know, he was only nominated for Best Actor once. It's like, I don't know if I'd put him in again for anything. 
Yeah. Out of context, not knowing the years. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think he does. He possesses the ability to make a bad movie good. But mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know if he possesses the ability to make a good movie great. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of these movies where he's the best part of a bad movie. Right. Yeah, I feel like if we had nominated, like if we were doing some talk of fame movie, and we were asking the question, "Is this Robert Redford's greatest performance?" I would have a tough time answering that because uh, they all seem similar to me. I I was thinking about that after watching uh, the homework, and I think that that if someone would have nominated this for homework, I would have answered the question yes for Robert Redford, mm-hmm. like. It it is the performance that we see from him forever, but it's uh, for talk of fame. You mean. Yeah, for talk of fame. Sorry, it's a performance we see f- from him forever, but it's his first. Yeah, I agree. Like, like I, I think that's it's the blueprint. There. Right. It's there, and you can either see that as like, well, you know, he took roles where he didn't have to act, or like that's what he does best, and you don't you don't change perfection. So to say, it'd be like John Wayne. You'd put more credence in his first like Western iconic performance. The rest of them kind of follow suit. Yeah, you don't tell Clint Eastwood like, "Hey, you need to be a little more tender in this next." Uh, Keep your eyes you know, open. Dirty hit. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's generally true for like non-great actors, though. And by great, I mean like top, you know, forty, fifty all time. Hmm. What do you think actors. the difference is between him and Paul Newman, who also had a big charisma part of his acting? Tool. I think that the Paul Newman is a lot like the way we talk about like Bill Murray, and it doesn't matter what movie you put Paul Newman in; he's fucking Paul Newman. He's that guy who does you know short quips and jokes and is you know Mister Attention Hog on screen, and he's great at it, and he's just I, worth every dollar you spend on him. If as long as you want like an, an air of levity and you know someone who's taking this seriously too. I would I would agree yeah. with that, uh, but I would also say that I think maybe Paul Newman is more interesting than Robert Redford, which is why I think I'd, he I'd he agree. winds up in more varied roles and interesting roles. Like I think of The Verdict, and I he's yeah. kind of doing the same thing there, but it's I think there's a darkness to Paul Newman that there wasn't to Robert Redford. Sure, and I could see why that might make him more suitable for a wider variety of parts. The salad dressing too. Good food. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Redford. When am I gonna buy your groceries? <laughs> Redford's own. Sounded weird. <laughs> For yeah, because you're an old man and you need help. No. Uh, well, that's fun. Yeah. I guess I'd never really thought about Robert Redford career before. Well, that's why. That's why I picked it because when he yeah. announced his retirement for acting, I kind of I tried to think back on like. What do I know Robert Redford from? And it's like, not a whole lot. He's, yeah. not, he's not normally the most memorable thing out of a movie, but his influence in Hollywood is undeniable. Sure. Mm-hmm. It does make me want... There's a lot that we've lost over that none of us have seen. It makes me want to watch a couple of these. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they're at all tonally like this movie we just watched. You know. It'll be easy. Yeah. It'll be it'll be easy. Maybe he's, maybe he's the perfect, you know, background lead star. Where mm-hmm. movies that you can just throw on in the background and they're enjoyable and you just kind of move on with your life. I feel like a lot of his, that's a, that is definitely a quality of his, is just uh, an easy watch and, and like making movies that are 
an easy sure. watch. He's an affable type character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except when he's hailing Hydra. <laughs> Bad guy. Bad guy. Um, okay, well, that's... Uh, I think that, that'll wrap us up for the Robbie Reddy talk. Does... I love it. Anyone have the next homework assignment? Uh, I do. The uh, next homework assignment is going to be... We're following a adaptation of Philip Marlowe character. He's a uh, famous detective played by uh, Humphrey Bogart, Robert Mitchum, James Garner, a whole bunch of people. But interestingly, in Robert Altman's The Last Goodbye, where Elliot Gould is our kind of like... Uh, Post sixties seventies take on Philip Marlowe. It's kind of a little, a little shaggier than some of the other detective noir things. But uh, um, maybe talking about Robert Altman. Maybe talking about detectives. Maybe talking about whatever. But the last goodbye, and it is on two B two two B TV. Two B TV. Two B TV. Two B two B TV. All right, we all said it. So that's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well there you have it. So watch uh, the long goodbye. The long goodbye. Oh shit! Is it the last goodbye or long goodbye? Is it the long goodbye? <laughs> That's what you said, right? Episode one twenty. Thought I said the long goodbye. <laughs> to be, to be. TV. It is the long goodbye. I said the last goodbye the whole time through, but it is the long goodbye. <laughs> so I didn't even notice that you didn't say that. Uh, yeah, let's watch the long goodbye, and we'll talk about that next week. This has been Talky Talk podcast for the media by us. Uh, Check out our site and see our stuff at themediabyus.com. You can uh, join our Facebook communities at uh, Games by Us, Movies by Us, TV by Us. Tubi TV by Us. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Don't go there. Uh, Send us any uh, thoughts or ideas at... uh, the media bias at gmail.com. Also, you can uh, tweet, 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 tweet at the media bias. <laughs> well, uh, please subscribe to the podcast and uh, give us a rating. Helps our visibility, even if you're unkind with your rating. Uh, please don't be unnecessarily unkind. Uh, be necessarily unkind. Yeah, right. <laughs> earn it. Make us earn it. We deserve it. <laughs> and. Uh, Last but not least, we'd like to thank Willow Walkers for our intro music. They have a, uh, well, first off, thank you. We need to get that out of the way before I said important things. Willow Walkers have a show just around the corner, September 4th, at Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta, Georgia. Opening for the Yawpers. The Yawpers. So, uh, yeah, go check them out that night. And uh, thanks for our outro music to Buriva. Buriva. Who uh, gave us uh, a great show the other night at uh, Tin Roof? Yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. So uh, we, we had a we had a blast listening to them. So uh, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes. Long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things